You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Best in the World Sports Report. My name is John Brown, here with my partner in crime, Javon Alford. Feeling good. Javon, what's going on? How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Another uh, Eagles victory. Another Eagles victory. Ever since I've been on this show full time. Yeah, you know, I mean, things have changed. I know. Like when when I was, and and I have, once again, I have no problem admitting that. When I was doing this show by myself, um, the the, the Sixers were bad, Mm -hmm. uh, the Flyers were bad, uh, the Phillies were bad, uh, and the Eagles were bad. Were bad. Since you've come to this show full time, you know, maybe we need to start calling this the Jovan effect. Oh, the Alford effect. There it is. <laughs> the Alford effect. Because now the Flyers winning games, um, uh, not last night. Not, not, not last night. But that's but, okay. But they have been winning games. Yes. Uh, the Sixers have won a couple games. Well, they've won a game, mm-hmm. which is better than previous years because previous years we're talking about winning games, you know. In January. In January, yeah, pretty much. But Sixers have won some game. Have won a game. I, I want to say some game, right? But they so won, bad, yeah. <laughs> you know they they. But they, the, the team has looked better. Yes, the team I has looked better. And at the top of the list are Philadelphia Eagles, riding high, doing well, doing better than well. They're the right now. They're the best team in the NFL. Statistically and you know, win wise, yeah. yes, they are the best team in the NFL. A lot of hype coming their way. A lot of expectations. Mm-hmm. We'll get into we'll get into the expectations a little bit more later. But let's recap Monday night, prime time, ESPN. The whole world is watching, and they just smash the Redskins. 34-24 was uh was the final score. Uh Redskins got a garbage touchdown towards the end. Nobody cares. But in the end, um they started out slow. Yes. Started out real slow with a bunch of penalties and it people were wondering out loud was uh was this the refs trying to uh trying to send a message to the Eagles and oh, the city of God. Philadelphia. Oh, my God. Look, I don't know if that's true or not. You know, I, mean, I, I, I don't, I I don't mean, know. Pete Morelli wasn't roughing the game. So. No, he, he wasn't roughing the game, but, you know, they, they, yeah, some of the gotta, calls, yeah, they got to stick together. Yeah, some of the calls are a little questioned. It, it was ridiculous, that, man. I mean, it was just penalty after penalty after penalty. But what do, do, what do good teams do, though? They fight through it. Exactly. So what did the Eagles do? They fought through it. Well, through an interception. Well, 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 yeah, but they still came back. <laughs> that wasn't the end of the game, though. You know, it that's was, true. But uh, nonetheless, you know, a- after that first drive, they uh, kept they kept at it. They kept working. Carson Wentz four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, the fans appreciate that. Yes, they do. Uh, especially uh, one fan that would be me, because I started him on my fantasy team. The only reason I'm bringing up my fantasy team right now. Uh, in this conversation is because the person I was playing is also on this podcast right now, Mr. Jovan Alford. I don't even know what happened in the game. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. My quarterback scored four touchdowns. Did you win? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, I won. Yeah, that's cool. It is cool. But nonetheless, back to the game. 
I just, I just, I had to throw it in there. Don't worry. Just, I, I mean, I understand. You're, you're, the, you're not the only person that 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 got me this week. No, I, in I'm, fantasy. I understand. So I just go. Eh. Hey, look, man. I, I went overall. We'll see. We'll see. I haven't paid attention to that to our fantasy league. <laughs> that's terrible. Well, that's because it was like 19 rounds. Yeah. That, well, that was that was a little ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's your fault. You aren't you the. Okay. That was Angela. Okay. All right. We'll we'll deal we'll deal with that later. All right. Back to the game. Back back to the game itself. Carson Wentz, phenomenal. Four touchdowns. Uh, uh, he went seven seventeen for twenty five in the game. Also rushed for sixty three yards. Led the team in rushing. Actually, um, look, I we we might. I I've really tried to be. You know, be careful with how much praise I I heap on this team. Me too. But as the weeks progress, mm-hmm. at some point we have to now start talking about Carson Wentz in the MVP category. I admit I'm not ready for that yet. No. I, I kind of just want to just enjoy this. Enjoy as, the you ride. Know, I just want to enjoy the ride. But he's playing well. Yes, he is. He's he's playing like a top tier quarterback, and you know, it's been some lean years you know, for quarterbacks in this city. Well, yeah, you know, no, no, look, M- minus the Vic year where he could have won the, the the Vic year. Yeah, where he could have won MVP. See, yeah, you know, I mean that was that was great, but that was still um, five six years ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That is true. So, you know, and, and, you know, since then, there were, you know, some lean, you know, Vic years. There was that fraud of a season that Nick Foles put out. 27 and 2. Fraud. <laughs> Fluke. You'll still take it, though. Gotcha. I will still gotcha. take it. Got him into the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. of course. Yeah. Got but, you know, now hindsight, you know, I thought it was I, I, I thought it was kind of fraudulent then. I still <laughs> think it's kind of fraudulent. I mean, you can't knock really, it. It's not like you can put an asterisk by it. that when he was torching the Raiders that one that, that, No, that, yeah, that yes, I was. You know, in fact, I was because <laughs> I was sitting there and, and people because I, I was never I personally was never big on Nick Foles. I think Terrell Pryor was quarterback in that game. Too. He might he might have been. Wow. He might have been. That once again that that shows you how good the Raiders were. Yeah. That the <laughs> quarterback of the team is now a wide receiver for Washington. But nonetheless, you know, there were a lot of people who were high on Nick Foles. Yeah. And they were hitting me up just constantly. You know, mm-hmm. Nick Foles, we got our quarterback, we got our guy, we got our guy. I'm like, no. Nah. This guy is not it. And then when he had that game against uh against the Raiders and everyone's just sitting there like, Oh my do you see this? It's historic. You know, his uniform's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. It's the greatest game ever. Oh my god. And I'm just sitting there like, yo, it's the Raiders, dog. Yeah. Back then. It, yeah. Yeah, not the not the David Carr, you know, Mark okay Cooper, you know, man. yeah, not 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 the okay Raiders of today. This is the Raiders, you know, Cleveland Browns West Raiders. Yes. When they were at, you know, the the depths of their mediocrity. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you know, Nick Foles came in there and torched them, but he should have torched them because they're garbage. But nonetheless, you know, that was a good seed that, you know, that was – that was a ray of sun, a ray of sunshine in what has been some dark years since Donovan McNa- 
McNabb left or was shown the door. Yeah, shown the door. But now it looks like we have our quarterback. It looks like we have our guy. And after a game like he had on Monday, mm-hmm. it I think it's time to start. As, as much as we don't want to do it, I, you know, it, it's time to start entertaining a few more uh, MVP conversations. I, I want to go there, but then I don't. Because with this team, I feel as if, you know, we just got to enjoy the ride. And, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And if he becomes MVP, then, hey. I think we'll all take it. We'll all, you know, beat our chest and say, "I'm not going to tell him to give it back." Oh you know? no, no, I don't know. I mean, you're right. We're not going to say, "Hey, you can, you, you can don't have, deserve you that. can have the award back." But no, I feel, I feel as if that, you know, if he, the way he's playing, he's definitely in the MVP category. I mean, if he's in the MVP category, then you got to put, um, Jared Goff in that same category because. Number one and number two have been outstanding this yeah. year, and that's and yes. that and I don't think we haven't seen that in the NFL in a long time where the number one and two quarterbacks have all We're actually playing right We're playing like a number one and number exactly. two quarterback yeah. because there's usually one that kind of tails off, another mm-hmm. one rises yep. to the occasion. Yep, yep, yep. but uh, nonetheless, great game by uh, great game by Wentz. Yep. Also, a uh, good game by Zach Ertz. Yep. Zach Ertz played well. Zach Ertz playing like the guy we thought we he. Finally. Yeah, he's finally playing at the level we thought he could play at for a couple of years. He's finally you know? having finally having that breakout year, the year that we all been clamoring for yes. that said, like, oh, my God, like, he can be yeah. not Gronkowski, but he mm-hmm. can be that second number two wide rec- number two tight end in the NFL. Wa- watching him play at this level, and Zach Ertz with 89 yards, Nelson Aguilar 45 yards. That makes Five touchdowns apiece. They're both having career years. Exactly. This is the twilight yeah, zone. It is. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, I, I think not enough is being said about the year they're having and how having Alshon Jeffrey and having Torrey Smith mm-hmm. plays a role in that. Yes. Because too many people are looking at Jeffrey's numbers mm-hmm. and Smith's numbers and saying, hey, you know. They don't warrant the type of contracts yeah. that they have. And it's like, no. Nah, Jeffrey's man. not a number one. Yeah. And I think what, but I think honestly, what, the dynamic it, it kind of presents mm-hmm. and the situation it, 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 it presents is at some point in time, you know, now we have to talk about re-signing them. Yes. And we have to talk about extending them. Mm-hmm. And I understand that in, you know, on the stat sheets, right? it looks like those guys are not performing. Mm-hmm. And they're not earning the ca- the contract that we think they should have. Right. However, you know, them being on the field directly – affects yeah, it, everyone else. It opens up a lot on the field, and I think we're seeing that, you know, we're seeing that a lot more. Like, a lot of people say, well, Torrey Smith, you know, he's not having the impact that he has, but he's doing what he needs you to do, which is stretch the field. Yes. No, he may not catch the ball every time or get the ball thrown his way, but just him, even just running uh, a fly route is taking that safety with him, which is opening up things in the middle of the field for Zacherts to do his damage. And then Nelson Aguilar, he's finally I believe, you know, found his role in the NFL, which is to be, which is a slot wide receiver, and he's dominating in the slot. Derek Gunn put out a tweet earlier today asking Mm -hmm. if there were people on, if there were players on the Eagles that you feel as fans that you owe an apology. 
Oh, I responded to that. Yeah, I, I, I did too. I, I took the time to write Nelson Aguilar a letter and saying, hey, you know, Nelson Aguilar, I apologize for telling everyone that you should be pumping gas at the beginning of the season. I I, I was wrong, Nelson. Nelson, I, I, I was wrong. I was dead wrong. You should not be pumping gas. You should be doing exactly what you're doing right now, which is catching passes for the Philadelphia Eagles, because you deserve to be here, Nelson. You deserve to be here. I was wrong in what I said about you. You're not garbage, man. No. You're not drinking bum juice anymore, man. <laughs> you're not. You're drinking beast juice. Yes. That's what you are. You've put down the bum juice and you're drinking the beast juice. And I am proud of you, my friend. Well, you know what? I don't know if that was touching. I don't. I don't know if Nelson considers me a friend. Probably not because he doesn't know me. But I. I. I think. I think of you as a friend, Nelson. Thank you, Nelson. I appreciate you, and I am sorry for all those times I called you garbage. For all those times, for for the times I I, I wished that they had gotten rid of you instead of Jordan Matthews. I don't miss Jordan Matthews anymore. Um, I'm sorry. Nelson, if you're listening, I'm sorry. That was so that was that that, that, that was so that was so I need, touching. I, I need a minute. You need a, you need a minute. And this episode of Best in the World Sports is Sports is brought to you by the Philly Go Flow. Check it out, phillygoflow.com. Hey, man, where did jump in there? I, I like that. I, I, I needed that. <laughs> I, I needed that. Thank you. I appreciate oh, that. No problem. <laughs> but but none, nonetheless, Nelson Aguilar playing good football, mm-hmm. playing decent football, you know, benefiting from having those two guys on the field. So let me ask you this. I don't, I don't feel like this team – I don't feel like this team has shown that they're good enough to warrant not having a Jeff an Alshon Jeffrey on the field. But what I am I am not quite sure if I would say the same thing about Torrey Smith. I believe Alshon Jeffrey should be the number one wide receiver and should come back to this team and should be extended. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming to you. I, I've, I've, well, I'm, I'm saying this because I feel like that's a no-brainer. Right. That's a no-brainer that Alshon Jeffrey should get a new contract. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Torrey Smith. Now, Nelson Aguilar has played good football. Do you feel like Nelson Aguilar has played good enough football to be bumped up into that number two uh, receiver position? If we look at how he's played this year, then yeah, he definitely deserved to get bumped up. But do I want to put him back on the outside again where he struggled? Do I want him in the slot where he's building his confidence and going against the linebackers in the slower corners and taking advantage of, you know, those guys? I think, you know, Torrey Smith, you know, he's only, what, I think he's on a three-year deal, I think. I think it's three years, if I'm not mistaken. Wait. Or is it one? I thought it was a one-year deal. Well, basically a one-year deal. Yeah, it's like, I think it's it's something like it's It's something like that. I don't know the contract numbers off the top, off the top of my head, but I, I mean, like I said, production-wise, yeah, you can, you can make a case for Aguilar moving up to be the number two. 
But then people can say, well, like like I said, you can leave Aguilar in the slot, and then people might say, well, why don't you just put Mac Hollins out there on the, on the outside at your number two wide receiver, which it, it warrants the case. Yeah, you possibly could, but I think Torrey Smith has served – a role where you can still keep him on here. Real quick, uh, Torrey Smith, three years, $15 million. Yeah. So not bad. Not bad at all. It's like $5 million a yeah. year. For a guy to just stretch the field, catch mm-hmm. a couple balls, open up things for everybody else on the offense, mm-hmm. it works. It works. It works. So so to me, it's like it's, it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. But uh, the offense pretty much shined. Mm-hmm. Defense also excellent. Yeah. A uh, couple low points as far as injuries. Mm-hmm. Jordan Hicks out for the season. Jason Peters out for the season. In your in your opinion, how does that affect this team? Like what? Like what? How close to the panic button does this move your hand? Right now, your hand. Your, right now, your hands at the edge of the table. Mm-hmm. The panic button's on the other side. Are you reaching for? Have you moved your hand closer to that panic button? No, not yet, and I'm not going to until they get past San Francisco. And depending on how the backups play, because even though people say, "Well, they're going to get San Francisco team that's on seven, um, that's a hungry team. Yeah, that's exactly, a hungry, exactly. that's a hungry team. But that have it's not they got embarrassed. T- they got embarrassed last week. Yeah, they got embarrassed, and also this is a team. That has been in most of their games. Mm-hmm. It's not like they've lost seven games and lost seven blowouts. Right. These exactly. are team, yeah. This is a team that has constantly gotten close to winning mm-hmm. and lost. So if there was, you know, if, I know a lot of people were talking about how Washington could be a trap game. Right. How we all know that they're supposed to beat Washington, but they could still lose. Right. They're I think this is a. Oh, this, is a, this is a bigger trap game than that. Oh, most definitely it's a bigger trap game because, like like we said, even though they got blown out, this was the same team that took Arizona to to overtime before the Eagles played Arizona. This is a team that they do have playmakers. They still have Pierre Garçon. They still have a guy, Marquise Goodwin, who's a guy that can stretch the field and has the speed to do it in a, in a heartbeat. They still have Carlos Hyde in the backfield. They got playmakers on defense. They got Solomon Tal- Solomon Thomas and Eric Armstead on that defensive line. They got Ruben Foster at the linebacking position. They got some they got some young talent on that team that can give the Eagles some fits. And when you look at the injuries, that defensive line, the Niners defensive line is going to pull out pressure on Vita. So you hope that uh, Peterson, you know, can, will use you know Brent Selleck a little bit more if he feel if he sees him getting overwhelmed. Don't wait. Like, you got to make sure that he's Almost secure. Like, like like they did against Carolina. Right. You know, you saw Carolina have success early with the uh, with the blitz packages. Mm-hmm. And you saw that without Lane Johnson that they were going to – they were going to target that right side. Exactly. And it took it, – it took the Eagles a little bit before they ma- started making the adjustments, start putting extra uh, guys on that side, mm-hmm. keeping the, uh, the tight end and the, the block. So, you know, t- you know, to what you're saying, to your point, that's what you want to see this week. Yeah, you, you know, you, you got know. you got to because you, ju- you you got to pro- you got to protect your quarterback. You got to protect your quarterback at all costs. And then when you look on the, look on the defensive side of the ball with 
you know, no Hicks, you know, it's a shame because when Jordan Hicks is healthy, Jordan, Hill, Jordan Hicks is a Pro Bowl. He's a Pro Bowl caliber middle linebacker. Yes, definitely. And losing him, it kind of sucks. So now you're stuck in a position of you have uh, Nigel Bradham, who's played really well. I've been, he, I think he's one of the most underrated guys on this defense. He's played really well. Uh, Kendricks is having a rebound year, and I think we should all be happy that they haven't traded Michael Kendricks because linebacker core would be really shaky so you might be in a situation where you're playing you know potentially you know four four defensive linemen you know two linebackers and possibly you know five dbs which could be in the situation you have to go with i know the eagles uh just signed uh don cherry to the active roster practice squad one of the two so that extra linebacker can help but i do want to see them um with the with the absence of Hicks, maybe they bring in not not bring in, but maybe they give Camu uh, Camu Grugier Hill a couple of more snaps on the defensive side because this is a guy at Eastern Illinois who was a safety and converted to linebacker in the NFL, so he has the range that you need to have coverage skills to you know to 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 make an impact. So maybe get him on the field a little bit more, and just, just so you only just so you don't have like two linebackers and five DBs possibly on the field. Oh, well, look, it's, it's going It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting. I want to see what what they can do. You know, I think we can't get too confident. No. because but I think the, the, the injuries itself, just for the injuries and how they plan to work around them mm-hmm. and how they plan to game plan for these injuries, I think keeps you from getting – too right confident yeah you you can't you can't get too confident because we've seen this season nfl each season is literally each week is a new season <laughs> like you can't take no team for granted the browns almost beat the titans last week uh like we said arizona um, san francisco almost beat arizona like you can't take no one uh for granted you got in the eagles it's the same thing for them they have to stick to the formula that they that's been working and and continue to perfect it because that's what good teams do. They perfect on the formula that they have, and then from there, you know, continue to build upon it and don't and don't and don't have those crucial mistakes. Like continue to run the ball. Yes, Legarrette Blunt in the rest of the running game did not have a have not ha- did not have a big game against Washington, but you still got to pound the ball, pound the ball, keep Wentz upright, and just play the defense you know how I've been playing and. You should come out with a victory. You should. You should. Because the tone of this show will be very different if we come back next week and we're talking about a loss. Oh yeah. To the San Francisco. Independent on how independent how they lose. No, I mean if, if it's they if, lose. if it's self afflicted <laughs> wounds. I, I don't see a I don't see a scenario. If they don't make halftime adjustments yeah. and Peterson decides, yeah. hey, they're only the San Francisco for now. Let's launch the ball like fifty times <laughs> oh, down the field. You know what? That'll be a surefire way to take all the goodwill that he has earned right. since that Kansas City <laughs> game and just flush it down the toilet. That's exactly what he would be doing. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he would be doing. But nonetheless, I think that uh, I really do think that they should win. I think they will win. And, you know, I, I think that. Honestly, this could be a good test to see, you know, the future of this team, because I think this is a this is another opportunity to see if one uh, can 
it is the next starting tackle on this team currently. Mm-hmm. You know you still have Lane Johnson for a couple of years. With this injury to Peters, now you're you now have to introduce the the possibility that not only is Peter's time in Philadelphia over, his career might be over. Right. That that has to be taken into consideration. Now the question is, can Halapulavati Vitae Good job. Hey, man. I've been mean, uh, it's taking me years. <laughs> and I, I, I only call I, I my, my rule is I call him by his full name once a show. Right. After from from here on out, he's Big V. There you go. Can Big V be can he be that role? You know, are you know and it would be great if he could blossom and become the starting left tackle mm-hmm. on this team. Right. Um, I think conventional wisdom says you move uh, Lane, Lane Johnson, Johnson over to the, to the left, left and, and put Vitae back yes, at put right Big tackle. B over on, on the right. But it seems like this week they're going to start Vitae at the uh, left tackle position, right. which uh, I know it confuses a lot of people. But for me, I feel like, all right, it makes sense. You saw how he did. Uh, you saw how he did in, in, uh, in, in, place of, uh, in Carolina on the right side. And you saw what he did in place of Peters on Monday. Right. So, He's a little bit better on the yeah, left he, side. Yeah, he was better. He was better. And put him out there. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know what? This is a game that you should win. If you do what's right, you should win this game. So let's see. You know, if, if there was ever a game to say, hey, you know what? Let's give this a try. Right. This is the game this that is you do the game. it. Yeah, this is the game that you do it. And if he turns out to be, you know, a, a, a dumpster fire. Right. Then you know you you make some adjustments. Next man up, possibly, possibly, possibly. So look, um, talk a little football. Let's talk a little more football. Let's take a break real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to remind you guys, you can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at bitw sports. I want to thank everyone who hits us up on those uh, avenues and those channels. People talking to us. People showing love to the best in the world. People who rock with the best. <laughs> you know, thank you for that. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk a little more Eagles when we come back. All right, I got some questions that I want to pose to my man, Jovan. So it's John Jovan. It's the Best in the World Sports Report. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at PhillyGoFlow.com. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go fish that. Oh, come on. (laughs) This is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. 
we are back on the best in the world sports report. John Brown, Javon Alford, and you're rocking with the best. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at any time at BITW Sports. We're here. We're always here. We'll always talk to you. You tell us what you think of the show. We'll tell you if well if you like the show, we'll tell you why you're right. If you hate the show, we'll you know pretty much make fun of you. But we'll still listen to we'll you. We'll still listen. Yeah, I will listen. We like we, we, we like we, feedback. we will listen. We love the feedback. But you know, if you disagree, we probably we're going to get on you. Yeah, that's just how this works. It's the nature of the beast. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's how we do it around here. Hey man, um, I wanted to kind of follow up on the conversations that we had last week. We were talking about the expectations and the praise mm-hmm. being heaped on this Eagles team. And, you know, with a team with one loss at this point in the season, of course there are going to be people talking about Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Of course there are going to be people with lofty expectations. I, I understand that. And you're not going to, you know, for, for the most part, it's not going to stop. No, you know, it's only going to keep on getting yeah, bigger and yeah, bigger yeah, as, yeah, season as, goes. as this team keeps on winning. And, you know, they're in a good position to keep winning. You know, so the expectations are just going to keep going and they're going to get, you know, they're going to get loftier and loftier. And, and that's just that's just how this works. Mm-hmm. So last week when when we were here, I was talking to you about people comparing this team to the 04 Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. And I told you how much I had a problem with that because I just feel like, you know, we're, we're not there yet. And I wanted to kind of uh, kind of piggyback on that because I, I wanted to offer like a counterpoint to that that I didn't offer last week. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I, I, I understand. Well, let's let's put it this way. I feel like that 04 team was in a different place oh, than yeah. this team. Yeah, the more veteran team. That was a veteran team, and that was a team that was more – that was a team where it was pretty much, I guess, for lack of a better term, that was the finished product. Yeah, and they were only – it's like we see in sports. You have the finished product, and you only need a couple of – you only a couple pieces away. Exactly, and they thought that getting T.O. was that final piece. Which it was. Which it was. It got got them to the Super Bowl, and maybe – things might have been different had things worked out differently and they had a couple more years to play. Right. But that was still a team that was uh, – that team was a finished product. Mm-hmm. This is not – this team right here is not a finished product. So when I look at this – when I look at this Eagles team and com- when I want to compare it to teams in the past, I look back more and I kind of compare it more to that 2000-2001 team. Which I'm looking at their I'm looking at their roster yeah. and schedule right now. Yeah, you're, and I feel like that is a team more com- compatible to this team because that was early in the McNabb years. That was really, honestly, you know that that was a team where they were just on the cusp. They were on. They were beginning to start, which was a long road and a long history of success. It wasn't necessarily. It wasn't the ultimate success because that team did not produce a Super Bowl champion, but no. it was a, a team that was on top and one of the best teams in the league year after year after year, you know, for what's, I mean, for almost, for the better part of a decade, mm-hmm. for the better part of a decade. 
you know, you you had your quarterback in place. You had Donovan McNabb, who was firmly entrenched as the quarterback of the future. You had a defense that was vicious. That was a defense that had uh, Trot. Still had Bobby Taylor and uh, Troy Vincent. But still, you had Ike on that defense. You had Dawkins on that defense. You had Hugh Douglas on that defense. I believe Simon and Walk, uh, Walker. I'm not sure. You know, I, 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 have to, I have to take another look at that. Yes, That's correct. That Walker and Simon were both on that team. Yes. Yeah. Had Al Harris. Al Harris. Brandon Whiting. Yeah. Mike but, Caldwell. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, we're you taking take it me, back. You, you take me back. How Carlos Emmons. Yeah. How old were you when that when two thousand two thousand? Come on, man. Come on, young man. It wasn't that long ago. Nine years old. You were nine years old. Yep, I was born. in the year two thousand. In the year two thousand, you were nine years old. Yep, because I was born in ninety one. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just, see that that just threw me off. You're um, <laughs> dude. I was twenty four. I was a grown man. <laughs> I, I was a grown that year. I was a grown man. And now I'm twenty five. With the Try not to tell you to shut up right now. I don't want. I don't want to tell you to shut up right now. But, but I'm pretty. I'm pretty freaking close. All right. But nonetheless, I'm trying. I'm. I'm, I'm trying to stay focused. Right fresh here. out of Morgan State. Oh my God! <laughs> not only was I fresh out of Morgan, I was fresh out of Morgan State. Probably on like my second job in television at that point. But nonetheless, nonetheless. 2000 team you're sitting there and and they they make it to the playoffs after a couple you know once again couple some lean years Mm -hmm. you know you're talking after the Ray Rhodes years at the beginning of the uh the Andy Reid tenure what they make the playoffs and you're like okay all right you're you're seeing where this might go uh, I believe they won a playoff game. They beat Tampa Bay, yep. and that was a good Tampa Bay team. That was a yeah. Tampa Bay team with a vicious little defense. Defense that had Rondé Barber, had uh, Warren Sapp, you Simeon know, Rice. Uh, Simeon Rice, they had, Brooks. yeah, all those guys. So they beat them. You know, that's you know, Tampa Bay was no slouch. No, even though that was the whole notion back then, yeah, was, it was that they couldn't win in cold weather. Yeah. But still, yeah, they, yeah, they, they dis, yeah, they disproved yeah, that. Yeah, but that's later. neither, yeah. yeah, that's neither here nor there. Nonetheless, you're sitting there. They beat a good Tampa Bay team. Now they lose to the Giants. They lose to a Giants team that uh, ends up going on to the Super Bowl. They, uh, the Giants lost that Super Bowl. But nonetheless, you're sitting there and you're encouraged. You're mad that they lost uh, the playoff game, but you see where this team can go. You're encouraged by where this team can go. Mm-hmm. Now, funny story was, um, you know, I talk about the fact that I'm working. I'm working and I'm living in Baltimore at the time. Eagles make the playoffs and the Ravens make the playoffs that same year. And I'm laughing and joking to all my, uh, all my friends who are Ravens fans down there. And I'm telling them, I'm like, hey, you follow me. You listen to me. I'm going to show you how fans should act when your team makes the playoffs because this was their first year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there, and I'm saying this over and over, like, yeah, we're going to show you how it's done. Yeah. Eagles end up losing it. They win a wild card game. They lose in the divisional round to the Giants. Yeah. Uh, 
The Ravens going uh, to win the Super Bowl that year. Pretty much shut me up. Shut me up now because now here it is 16, 17 years later, Eagles still haven't won a Super Bowl, and the Ravens have won two. And the Giants have won two. And the Giants have won two. So, yeah, that that's the end of that line of uh, humor. But nonetheless, I felt like, you know, I, I didn't want – I felt like I couldn't hate on the Ravens. I was happy for them, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that that team, that 2000-2001 Ravens Super Bowl team was a very likable team. And yeah. I know people will say, how can that be because you had Ray Lewis on it. I'm like, people don't I, – I, I tell people now that, you know, if Ray Lewis played in this city – he would be beloved. You would love Ray Lewis the way you love Doc in this in this city. Yeah, we wouldn't call him a murderer. No, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. And and the fact of the matter is, it was like there were plenty. There, as 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 the rest of the nation likes to call Ray Lewis a murderer and, and talk about that and throw that in his face. You can't do. Well, you you might be able to do it now, but right. uh, but for years you wouldn't be allowed to do that in Baltimore. Baltimore people get would get raised back in a second. In a second. You know, and not only did Baltimore love Ray Lewis, Mm -hmm. they hated people who hated Ray Lewis. But nonetheless, it was like you saw that team and you saw and I couldn't begrudge them that win because I felt like that Eagles team, I felt like. What they were doing, the players that they had, and the moves that they were making. That was still, you know, that's back, you know, in in the height of Joe Banner when Joe Banner was really, what he was doing then was taking players, locking them, locking them down early, signing them to big extensions early. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, you know, kind of putting the ball in their court. Now, you know, it, it started to. Yeah, it started bit. to backfire a little bit because people were seeing what they were doing, and then you know it, 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 it would strain relationships mm-hmm. with players. Right. But nonetheless, you're sitting there and you're looking at this nucleus, and you see that this nucleus is signed for a long time. So what I'm saying is, you know, although the rate, you know, I just watched the Ravens win the Super Bowl in 2000 in January of 2001. At that point, you could not tell me that the Eagles weren't going to win a Super Bowl. I'm sitting there like, hey, you know what? Enjoy this moment because our moment is coming. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, and, and that's how that's how I feel now. You know, I compare that to now where it's like, you know what? I I don't like all this Super Bowl talk. No, me either. I don't want, you know, I don't want to go into this how far can they go. It does not matter, you know, at you know, I know it sounds a little crazy to say, you know, it it, it sounds kind of crazy to hear because it's crazy to say, but it's like it does not matter where they go this year. You know, unless it is a unless this season ends in a complete dumpster fire. You know, like the wheels completely fall off. I'm like, wherever this season takes us, we'll be good. Yeah, you you should be happy wherever the season, wherever they go, if they. If they win the division and, you know, win a playoff game, you know, if they somehow magically get the number one seed and yeah. host the division round, you'll take it. Just I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll wherever, wherever it finishes, just let it go. When I was when I did the Total Sports Live podcast last night and I was talking about this with Angela, I said, this team, when we talk about reminders, I said, this team reminds me almost like the um, 
I said the 07 Phillies where they had they had not been in the playoffs for a long, long, long time. They finally get in, you know, last day of the season. You knew that this wasn't a finished product yet at all. Like, you knew they still had a couple more pieces to go to get to where they needed to be. But, again, you enjoyed the ride. Like, even though they did not have a good playoff series against Colorado, I think it was like a 3-0 sweep or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they got swept, yeah. But it was a great feeling to say, you know, we made it back in the playoffs. It didn't end up because you were still upset because you're just like, like I can't believe we just lost that. But who knew the year later and the year after that, you're in back-to-back yeah, World, World Series. Series. Yeah, Well, here's let, – let, let me introduce a new dynamic. And let me talk to you about why – these you know lofty goals kind of scare me. I do not want the Eagles to be the Dallas Cowboys. And let, let me explain what I what I mean by that. Dallas, uh, what was Dallas's record last year? Um, thirteen and thirteen three? and three. Yeah, thirteen and three. Mm-hmm. Won the division. Yep. You have Dak Prescott. You have Ezekiel Elliott. You have Des Bryant. Everyone's just like, you know what, Dallas is back. Mm-hmm. You know, Dallas is back. They're going to run this division from here on out. You know, doubt. You know, they got this offensive line. They have a, uh, you know, they have everything in place. Defense might be a little shaky, but you know, they got the offense to make up for it. They go, they win the division, thirteen and three, end up losing a game, uh, losing their first playoff game, and then they're out. Where is Dallas this year? In the middle of the pack. Yeah. Middle of the pack might not even make the playoffs. Might not. They've taken a step back. Yeah, mostly because of defense. Yeah, because because of that defense. That defense now is so bad it does not make up for the offense. No. And I'm and and and, and understand something, you know, because I I don't want this to sound like I am taking shots at this Eagles team. But what I'm saying is, this is a, you know, this is still a, this is still a team with flaws. Mm-hmm. This is still a team with issues, and this is a team that that the issues could come back and haunt this team at any given moment. Yes, we just talked about losing Jason Peters for the season, mm-hmm. and it would be great if Big V. I'm not going to say his name. I already said his name once. There you so. go. That's okay. Right. Big V works. If it would be great if Big V was able to step in and not miss a beat. But you know what? There there have been times when he has been serviceable, he has been good, but then there's also times that he has looked god awful. And that could be exploited. Yes, it can. And that will be exploited in the playoffs. Oh yeah, no doubt. If yeah. you're in the playoffs for you're you're in the playoffs for a certain reason. The good teams make the playoffs. Exactly, exactly. So, you know what? You know we we've, we've talked about this secondary, this Eagles secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to play teams with no wide receivers. No, in you're, the playoffs, you're, you're playing teams with wideouts. Yes, you're playing Atlanta. Exactly. Maybe Green Bay. Yes, but they still. You gotta go up against those type of wideouts. Yeah, you, you're, and, and you, you're going to go up against wideouts that have the ability to exploit your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. That's what the play. That's literally what the playoffs are all about. Exactly. Who can exploit whose weaknesses first? Yeah, and, and, and I thought because here's the thing. I thought about this a lot. You know, when going 
how to approach this issue when we I was preparing to do the show mm-hmm. because I don't want to be a wet blanket. No, I'm trying not. my hardest no, not. not to be a wet blanket. You're not. I just want to be a realist in the sense that it's like, okay, you know what? There's a good, you know, I, I reserve the right to be absolutely wrong. We all do. You know, if, 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 if the planets align and this Philadelphia Eagles team somehow wins a championship. Yes, I will come on this. Th- I will come on this show and say I knew it all along. I told you they would win it all. I was never. I never doubted it for a second. Yes, a, that would be a crazy show. I yes, I, I admit it. I if if the Eagles somehow win the super win the Super Bowl, all look. I will erase this podcast and say <laughs> I never said any of this. I will go back to I will go back to SoundCloud and I will make sure that this that this show is deleted. With the quickness. <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm, all I'm saying is like, hey, you know what? This is still th- this is still a work in progress. Right. You know, I, I we don't know how good this wide receiving core will be. No. We don't know. I, I don't believe that the the running back of the future is on this team. No, not at all. And we don't know what's going to become of this secondary, this Eagle secondary. So there's still room, there's still room for improvement. Mm-hmm. There's still, you know, cause to to, you know, we're we're gonna be I, this Eagles team is poised to be good for a very long time. Yes. So I'm saying I am not ready to put all our eggs in a basket now, Mm-mm. when there's still work to be done. Right now, hey, go as far as you can go. You know what? Right now, they have the schedule. They have a schedule favorable enough for them that they could not only win this division, but get a first round by. They could actually go it. They they have a schedule favorable favorable enough to them to warrant going. You know, being the number one advantage, home field advantage throughout. But nonetheless, it is. Don't believe all the hype. Don't yeah. get so wrapped up into saying, "Hey, we got the number one team." You know, we got the best record in the league. Like the Super Bowl is a showing. It ain't. I say this as somebody who has been let down by the Eagles my entire life. Now you sit here. You're, you're, you're talking. How old are you now? Twenty five. Twenty five years old, dog. I'm forty one. But I've seen some. I know you. I, I know you have. My childhood uh, was very tormented uh, by, by, by the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, I cried a lot. Uh, nine, b- b- nine years old. So you're you're really coming into your own as a football fan yes. through the Andy Reid era. Yes, dog. I've been here when I was nine years old. That was the Buddy Ryan era. Then the Rich Kotite era. Then the Ray Rhodes era. Yeah. I was a grown man raised on disappointment by the time Andy <laughs> Reid came around. You were strong. When I, it I was, dis- yeah. When I was, it disappointment. Yeah, pretty much. I, you wasn't phased. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, look, at what point will I, I'm sitting there like, at what point will this team let me down? <laughs> at what point will this team disappoint me? Because I know it's coming, I know it's going to be there. But nonetheless, you know, that does not mean that you can't be encouraged. Right. That doesn't mean you can't have confidence in your team. You can't have faith in the team. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you not to have faith in this team. But what I'm telling you is to be re- reasonable and enjoy this ride. You got to. You know, we're going to take on 49ers. 
Hopefully, we're going to beat the 49ers, then we're going to move. Who they got after that? Denver. Um, Denver. Denver's not good anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, well they, they Denver's not great anymore. They were they were great. Now they're good because they're a one-sided team. Yeah. They have a good defense. They have uh, on offense. They got a couple wide receivers. Yeah, a couple Demarius wide receivers. Thomas, a couple Mayor wide receivers, Sanders. but, you know, no quarterback to really yeah, get them the ball. that's the problem. No quarterback to get them the ball. But nonetheless, you know, you have a good chance. You know, you're still – you're looking at a team that could be eight and one. Yeah, you're looking at a team that could feasibly be eight and one. Head into at, the bye week, going into their bye week. At the very, you know, at the very worst, you're looking at a team that could be six and three at the bye week. Even if they go six and three, it's gonna be a lot of people ready to uh yeah, j- may, jump off the bridge. May, maybe and, you know, may, maybe or maybe you know. It it could be, or it could just be like, all right, you know, this bye week's coming at the right time. Right. Hey, you got an extra week. <laughs> let's reset and let's go. But nonetheless, at the very worst, you're still looking at a team that's six and three. Six and three, I'll take it. Seven and two, I'll take it. Eight and one. <laughs> Eight and one. Eight and one going into the bye week. I might say, damn all this. And just start saying, hey, you know what? Super Bowl. No, don't do it. Uh, don't, don't, don't do, do it. it. Don't fall don't, into all right, it. All right, all right. I'm just saying that I might not fall into the it. December still lurks. I, I, you know, I understand. I, and I'm, I know all I'm saying is this team is 8-1. and one. I might not fall into the trap, but I'm going to walk right up to it and, and look over down into the hole. Uh, you know, I'm going to take, a, I'm gonna take a, a good peek down in there. Might even lose my balance. Might not fall, but I might lose my balance, though. I might, ooh, what's going to happen? <laughs> but nonetheless, it's like in 2000, my, my point is in 2000, I was encouraged. You know, 2001, I was really encouraged. They went out there. They beat a couple good teams. They went out there beat Chicago on the road. Yep. They beat Chicago on the road to get to that uh, – to that uh, conference championship, I remember. And at that point, you, I'm just sitting. I'm sitting there now. At that point, when they're in the conference championship against St. Louis, because you won. and almost won, but you're like, you know what? I am good. I do not care what happens now. Yep. Because this is now. This is the ultimate house money. Mm-hmm. Because they're sitting there on the road, taking on the greatest team on turf. Yep. You knew St. You you just knew St. Louis was was a juggernaut. And if all I needed was the Eagles to be competitive in that game, to show that they belong, and I was good. I was good. And I just say, like, that that's where I am now this, this year. You know, wherever they go, as long as they don't just look like a dumpster fire right. that doesn't belong, I'm good. I am good. Yes, you know what? If they go to the playoffs and don't win a playoff game, I will be pissed. Oh, I think we all will. We'll be. I'll be pissed. But nonetheless, I'll know that this team will be back. Mm-hmm. This team would be back. We'll be back. This team should be back. And that now the onus will move on to Howie Roseman to work towards getting the pieces to put them over the top of you know wherever they need to go. Whether it be finding a running back, whether it be finding another defensive back, whether it means finding an offensive lineman, whether it means finding another linebacker, or all the above. Yeah. 
nonetheless, I'm good. I will be good. I think we'll all be good. We'll all be good, right? Yes, we will. Know what else we'll be good with? What? Sit your ass down award. That's tradition like no other. Yes. People want this award. There are people out in the streets. They want to know. They want they want to know that when they get out of pocket, <laughs> I will be there to tell them, sit your ass down. We will talk a little bit about the Sixers, and we will talk. We will give out the Sit Your Ass Down Award when we come back on the Best in the World Sports Report. Once again, hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at bitw sports. You can listen to us on SoundCloud.com slash bitw sports, and we are on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever whatever we're calling that now. iTunes iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever whatever they're calling it now. If you got a Mac, you got an iPhone, even if you're still rocking with an iPod. You still got an iPod? No. What, what do you, what, just your phone, huh? Yep. Oh, all right. Well, whatever, man. You got iTunes on that joint? Yeah. Do you listen to the Best in the World Sports Report? I actually do. I bet you do. Subscribe. You subscribe to the Best in the World yeah. Sports Report? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Javon does it. You should. Hey, hey, let me tell you guys something real quick. Javon Offer just showed me he has the longest password in the history of passwords to open up his iPhone. I think there was like 17 numbers. It was like six. Uh, 16 is what it felt like. But he wanted to show me, and there it is, Best in World Sports Report right there at the top of the list. There you go. It's on the top of his list. It should be on the top of your list. All right? We are going to take a break, and then we will come right back with more of the Best in the World Sports Report. Damn, I'm fired up. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. You are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams. Go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter Brooklyn was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And with that, we are back on the Best in the World Sports Report talking Philly sports and as we always do at this time just want to remind you you could spend Saturday mornings with the best in the world get you you know you get up in the morning get your cereal you know what <laughs> I mean? get, get, you know get your cereal get your little breakfast whether you know whatever it is eat your little bowl of fruit loops get your get your fruity pebbles maybe your apple jacks or maybe you don't eat cereal maybe you want to lego my ego all right <laughs> Get a little Lego My Ego action and you can rock with the Toast best. Toast Whatever, man. That's for white people. 
It is, man. We eat Pop Tarts. Yeah, okay. I, I like Pop Tarts too. Yeah, I was just saying. Do, do you eat toaster strudel? No. no exactly. I only had like uh, a couple of times exactly. when I was younger. I, I, I've never met a person of color who who's had a toaster strudel. That sounds like a problem. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I, whatever. I, I don't know any. But um, nonetheless, what I'm saying is whatever you have for breakfast, you can eat it and listen to the best in the world sports report on phillygoflow.com every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Now, the phillygoflow.com, that is Patrick Manley. All right? That's our man, Patrick Manley, who always asks for a shout-out, and I always mm-hmm. give him one. Patrick Manley would like to also point out the fact that the Best in the World Sports Report also comes on early Sunday morning at 5 a.m., something that I neglect to point out pretty much because I'm asleep at 5 a.m. So Sunday. am I. Yeah. But if you're up, if you're awake on early, you know, early one Sunday morning, before you get all your gospel, you get ready for church, and you know, because praise the Lord, and you get your, your, your praise get on. Your where praise are we on. going? You know what I mean? Getting ready to go down to whatever, you know, First Antioch Baptist Tabernacle of the Rock. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you can rock with the best and listen Ooh, to us. You know. That's that's you know if you you want to talk to the Reverend Brother Pastor Deacon Doctor uh, Johnson you know <laughs> you, before you go hang out with him you know you can hang out with us all right exactly so once again phillygoflow.com every Saturday eight a.m. every Sunday five a.m. you can listen to us we're there we're on the show at, at five a.m. at five a.m. on Sundays eight a.m. on Saturdays all right that's that's you know. It is what it is. All right. Uh, Sixers lose on Wednesday to the Rockets on last second shot by Eric Gordon. Um, yeah, that sucked. Yep. Yeah, that, that was pretty bad. Pretty horrible. Yeah. Um, you all right with that microphone? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm good now. You, you good? Yes. Look like you were struggling there a little no, bit. All I'm, right. I'm, I'm good. All right. Just make it, just make it sure. Just, <laughs> just make it sure. Because, look, I, I, want, I, I want you – I. You were fired up about that game. And there were a lot of things to be fired up about. Uh, one thing that one thing that fired, you know, well, of course it was the last possession. Right. Of course it was the 9-0 run to end the game. Yeah. And the fact that in the fourth quarter there was nobody to make a defensive stop. Right. That's frustrating. Now what else is frustrating? Looking at that box score and seeing 16 minutes for Amir Johnson. Yep. Amir Johnson's entire uh, existence his Sixers career is so unhinky like is so unprocessed like mm-hmm. and it's just like one of these things does not belong and you're sitting there and you're looking at him rack up these minutes and you and you understand one thing you you understand that you know that he is taking the minutes of Rashawn Holmes because Rashawn Holmes is hurt yes However, but when you're looking down the depth chart, after Embiid, after Rashawn Holmes, and before you get to Amir Johnson, there's another name that seems to just be forgotten. And that's Jalil Okafor. Now, I talk to you because you're my friend. I talk to other people who I am friends with. And there's a consensus that no one seems to understand why Ja can't get on the floor, why he's only played in one game. 
But now it's just because Embiid was, and was hurt. And uh, not, not hurt, but that's because Embiid was, was rusting. Was yes. rusting. That makes no sense to me. And uh, there's an article, uh, which I did, uh, did an interview with SB Nation, uh, I think last week. Yeah. And honestly, it was kind of depressing. I feel bad for him. I do. I, I feel bad for him, too. I feel bad for him, too, because I, I understand. Given, he's misunderstood. Yeah, misunderstood, and I just feel like he's in a situation that he does not deserve to be. In. Right, it's a can't. He's in a can't win situation because you just got that tone in that story where he was just like, he doesn't even know if he's a part of this team anymore. Yeah, yeah. he sees all the dudes, all the guys hanging out Man. on social media, taking pictures yeah. and all that stuff. They're and all he, hanging. And, and, and he's kind of like the yeah, he's, oddball. He's the odd man out because when when he was hanging out in the streets, he was out there fighting people. Right. So and, that, and he got crucified yeah, for that. Yeah. Yeah. And now you sitting there, and, and and now he see the team out there, you know, doing what they're doing. Right. And he's not a part of that. And he's actually committed himself to getting healthy, losing, dropping 20 pounds. Like, look, a totally different guy. A totally different guy who cannot get on the floor to save his life. And you're sitting here, and we're watching this game. And we're watching this game where they need to slow it down. You know, I. it's like if, if you even – if you concede the points that you concede mm-hmm. about Ja Okafor. Right. All right, mate, he's not going to be a speed demon. He's not going to be the guy that's going to get out in the open floor, lead the break or whatever. Right. He's not your, you know, the guys out there just going to be running like Embiid is, like uh, Holmes is. Right. But nonetheless, there are times when you need to be able to have a guy down on the blocks who's not your point guard, not Ben Simmons. I understand that Ben Simmons is six foot eleven, but he's not your center. No. He's your point guard. Exactly. And you're sitting here. You need a guy with a low post game. Yes. Because we're sitting here and we're watching the game. We're watching the game against Houston and we're watching five guys on the perimeter. With Dara Sarge playing the five. That makes no sense. Which is hurt which is hurting his game. Hurts his game and hurts the team. I don't understand this. It's 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 once again and I know people it's such a touchy feeling the on certain Sixers fans on social media, such a touchy feeling if you call out Brett Brown for for what he did, for for his, you know, questionable stuff. But it, it has to be called out. I mean, Jaleel Kafour is a perennial low-post talent. When he gets the ball in his hands, there's nobody in the in, – there's nobody on this team, well, minus the Joel and B, but a big man that can literally palm the basketball with one hand and take a guy ISO and just – go to work on them with no problem. And it's so frustrating to see because you have a guy in Amir Johnson who's getting in the game against Detroit, he played nineteen minutes. Against Houston, he sixteen minutes. Sixteen minutes. And and that's and that's a disgrace. When this guy is either being a foul, he's always in he's in foul trouble, like he was against Washington. Um and he's and he's and he's botching layups. At least Okafor doesn't botch layups, but people say, "Well, he's a defensive liability." I mean, what NBA? Who plays defense really in the NBA like that? All right, nobody's not going to crucify. Uh, you know, nobody's not going to crucify that that Miami that Miami game last season season was a long time ago. Right, but they're still going to hold. They're still going to hold hold that why against. Are we them. holding. Why are we holding? You know, that against him Be, now because. Philadelphia sports, some Philadelphia sports hands have selective memory. Like I said to you before we got on the air. I I feel like there's something that 
we as fans are not seeing. And that is something I just feel like we got to get to the bottom of. Somebody has to be able to explain to me what exactly is it? Is is Jaleel Okafor showing or not showing that warrants the fact that he cannot buy playing time right mm-hmm. now? That when you're sitting there and you're you have you're in situations where you need a low post player and to slow the game down because we saw at the end of that first half they're just going up and down and Houston's just Houston's going up and down and you got and you can't go and up and down perfect with them yeah. you uh, when you have you're going up and down with a team that can go, one can go up and down and can shoot threes and can shoot you know can shoot jumpers and can score the basketball and you're sitting here telling me that. Right now, Jaleel Okafor can't get on the floor? Yeah, right now? It's it's ridiculous. It's, it is ridiculous. It's frustrating. It's it, it's really frustrating because this the, he has talent. He it, and and you know how we you know we say in Philadelphia Sports well, if this guy's gets if this guy gets traded, you know, he's not gonna have a good career and you know, I don't wish him, you know, the best of success or anything. In my how I feel, I feel like the Sixers just need to move on. If you're not going to play him, move on, and wherever he goes, I'm going to root for him because I think he deserves better because it's ridiculous how he's being treated like he's the worst player on this team and that, you know, he anything that he does is wrong. Like you said, he punches a fan in Boston. He's wrong. He gets a speeding ticket. He's wrong. He punched a fan in Boston who said the team sucks. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and – but anything that Joel and B does, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Anything he does on social media, it's like, look at him. You know, he's the greatest thing. And I'm not, and people might say, well, it's whatever. But you got to, the, 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 the Okafor hate is ridiculous. And you got to start looking at Brett Brown. You got to start looking at him. Because this is now the second game in this young season where they had a chance to win. We sat right here and watched this Washington game, and they had a chance to win in crunch time in two costly turnovers. Against against the Rockets, they had three turnovers basically in the last five possessions. You can't win basketball like games, no. basketball games like that. No. You need to be able to you need to be able to slow it down. You need to be, you know, and and it it makes it's it's frustrating. I'm looking at uh, Okafor's numbers against in that Toronto game. I'm saying 22 minutes, four of seven. Four of seven. That shows me a guy that just needs to be fed the ball. That's a guy that needs to be fed the ball. Four of seven, nine rebounds. I'll take that. For a guy they say they plays no defense, hey man, look, you should be able to sneeze. You know, a guy that tall should be able to sneeze and get 10 rebounds. And apparently he did. So, which makes it frustrating that we can't figure out a way to to include him more. There is a way to include him, and it's and, it, and it's up to Brett Brown to stop, you know, to 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 get his ass off his high horse and yeah. put and put, you know, the right players in position. People say, "Well, you can't play him and Embiid on the floor together." Yeah, we know that. That's okay. But you can at least put Okafor at the five and put Sowers back in his natural position at the four and let him. There's no reason you for can, Dar- you can, There's you no can, reason Dario Sowers should be playing the five. No. when Jaleel Okafor is healthy. Right, you put Okafor in the five, let him dominate the paint, and let Sowers does what he do best, which is he can hang on the perimeter because he won't clog up your front court. Or people say, well, there's always this clog when Jaleel Okafor there, the ball stops. So what? He scores points. So what does it matter? 
when he's getting the ball, he's an 18-point-a-game scorer. But he doesn't play defense. Uh, uh, the people that, like, advanced analytics say, well, his per 36 or his his defensive rating or his win shares per, per 48. I don't even know what any of that means. That there's the, I, I don't know what that sports means. Sports has become so analytics is kind yeah. of sickening to a point. At some point in time, at some point, like, I'm, I'm not here to dismiss analytics because there's a time and a place for it. Right. But at some point in time, the eye test has to come in the, come into play. Yeah, both. You have to use both. Yeah, and, you have to be keep able to... keep it in perspective. You have to be able to use both. And I'm seeing Jaleel Okafor on the bench never taking his warm-ups off in a game where you needed a low-post player. And that's frustrating to me. I feel like... And honestly, I, I feel like, you know, uh, the, the article in... Uh, SB Nation basically intimated that the process has failed Jaleel Okafor, and I believe that. Mm-hmm. I, I I believe he was uh, he. Unfortunately, I think he was a victim of circumstance. Yes, because I feel like when the, when they drafted him, mm-hmm. now they already had Nerlens, they already had Jaleel Okafor. Uh, excuse me, they already Indeed. had a beat, so they had three centers. However. I feel like the Sixers never really took the took the measures to grow those centers. No, and unfortunately, I think one because one it was all about Embiid. It was all about Embiid, but also I I feel like like it they were hindered by the fact that there was no there was no real big man coach on yes. the bench. Yes, and two of the people who I would have thought would have been great mentors to have in the front office talking to these people had had unfortunately passed away. You have Embiid, you have Nerlens, and you have Ja. And I felt like this would have, it's like, you know who they need right now? They need Moses. You know who they need right now? They need Daryl Dawkins. Those are the guys who should be here around the the organization talking to these big men, you know, coaching up these big men. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there. I'm, I'm sitting there wondering, like, why at no point now, now it's too late because he's gone. You know, he's got another job. But I'm like, why did was there no attempt to bring in Patrick Ewing? You know, all those years, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had talked about wanting, you know, wanting to coach. This is you need a big man coach. You need somebody. If if when it became obvious that we were going that we were moving towards these big men because i understand how the league works right you know you can sit there and you can say ad nauseum yes this is a guard driven league now we're running you don't need to you know the days of the old traditional center like the shacks and Elijahwans and david robinsons are over the days of wilt is over the days of kareem are over i understand that but you you sit here and you had these three big men who all have a set skill you know Set skills, right? But, you each, know, each does something really well. Yeah, and you—they're thrusted in your lap, and you're not doing any. You know, you're not doing the most to maximize that. Well, isn't that just like a summary of the Brett Brown tenure so far? He has the pieces, but doesn't know where to correctly put them at. No, it is. It is, and I—I I feel like you know I. I'm I'm not gonna go all Sixers twenty four seven yet, and start mm-hmm. calling for Brett Brown's. Job. Oh no, me either. I'm yeah, not going yeah, that route not, either. I'm, but he has to get better. Yeah, there there there's definitely there's room for improvement. This definitely has to get better, and it's so crazy 
how when you look at the two different fan bases, Eagles fans, Doug Peterson, you know, his first year as a head coach and the mistakes that he made, people were ready to run him out of town. Even the mistakes he made in year two, they were ready to run him out of town. They were ready to run him out of town week two. Right. Yeah, they were, yeah, there were week people, two. Yeah, there were people ready to run, run Doug out of town week two. But you know what cured all that? Winning. Right. But the Sixers are in year four of the Brett Brown era, and fans are still trying to put the leave the training wheels on them and say, well, it's all right. He, the players just got to play better. They're young. They're grow. At a certain point, when do you put the onus on the head coach? You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I like like I said, I'm not ready to call for his job, but, you know, I'm not happy with him. There are some coaching – there are coaching decisions that I'm not happy with. You know, one is – and, and the, the glaring one right now is, is why is Ja Okafor not on the floor? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just – I don't get that. I, I don't get that. I feel like Brett. I I I feel like Brett Brown has turned. He was on, he was on, he's on the bench. He's on the sideline. He's turned to his bench. He sees Ja Okafor, and you know what he tells him? What? He tells him to sit your ass down. That's what he said to Ja Okafor, and I don't get it. He said Ja, sit your ass down. I see that you lost weight. I see that you're working on things. I understand that. Sit your ass down, Ja. And you know what? That might earn Brett the award. Not this week, though. Sometime this season, he might. Sometime get it. this season, you know. In fact, you know, no, no. Somebody in this organization deserves the sit your ass down award for the way they've handled this Markel Fultz situation. And it's funny you were just talking. You're talking about this because I'm looking at a uh, a tweet, and it was actually posted in the Sixers twenty four seven group. Now it's not somebody from Sixers two four seven. It was from the uh, Carlin and Reese show. And um, Keith Pompey uh, sent out a tweet saying, there is uh, zero doubt Markell tried to change his shot. Sixer head coach Brett Brown said that. And you can see the timestamp. I'm not making this up. Yep, this yeah, no, I've seen it. I've right. So then, obviously, they had Markell Fultz trainer, I guess, on their show today. And it said, reaction from Markell Fultz trainer Keith Williams with us just now. Oh, my God, that's false. That's not true. Why would a kid attempt to change his shot that, that shot it so well? What would be the reasoning behind it? Something's going on here. Yeah. Something is definitely going on here. And there seems to be a lot of blame to go around. I don't understand mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I, I feel like something is going on here. This, you know, this this has the looks early that it could be a train wreck. However, yeah, I feel like one thing the Sixers have in their favor is the fact that the, since they keep, since they have years and years and years of red shirting rookies, yeah, you know, hopefully, the emergence of Ben Simmons will slow that, will yeah. calm that down. Yeah, but I think we're all tired of the red shirt year because it's just like, it's like how many times we're going to have damaged goods? Like, it gets it gets tiring to the point because again, you st- you become the butt of the NBA joke, you become the joke of the NBA. Look, the Sixers got a, got a, you know, they got, they they got, you know, a mess. They got another yeah. fragile mm-hmm. number one overall pick. Yeah, but I, I think so. But I think one of, I think, yes, that will happen. But, you know, people didn't start saying that about Ben Simmons no. until Joel Embiid was hurt. Yeah. 
when when Embiid was balling at the beginning of the season, nobody was talking about Ben Simmons. It was just like, hey, you know what? At some point, Ben Simmons is going to come back and they're going to really be good. You know, this was the first game. This is the first game this season that uh, Ben Simmons didn't have a double double, but he still finished with fourteen points, nine assists, seven rebounds. I'll take that. Any and any, for me, any night you'll take yeah, that. I'll take that. And for me, it's like you know what that tells me. Hey, I don't know what's going on with this Markel Fultz situation, mm-hmm. but you guys have time to figure it out. Yes, figure out, figure it out, and get it right in a way that does not just implode this team. Mm-hmm. Because I, because I'm not ready to call Mark. Mar, Markel Fultz does not even look like a bust to me. No, not at all. No, I just think he's a guy who's just who's trying to find his game. Yeah, and he's and obviously he's hurt, and he's trying to do what any player does. They try to play through the pain. They try to show that you know that they're that they're tough and that that they're a pro and they can handle this stuff and. You can't blame him for playing, you know, but you also got to put blame on the Sixers that yeah. you knew this kid was hurt. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 not play dumb. You knew this kid was hurt. And you knew this kid was hurt, and it's like, why does this keep happening? Right, and don't and don't you know, and don't blame him and say he changed his shoot his shooting his his shooting for him because because that's not true. Yeah, I I don't get it, but but nonetheless, you know, they need to take advantage of what they have, mm-hmm. and and it it put it puts onus on this organization. Whereas, you know, you see that Brett Brown needs to make better coaching decisions. Because if this team was winning, you're not worried about Markel Fultz. Exactly. If this team was winning, you're not worried about that. You can this can figure it, you know, this can work itself out. But the fact that they're sitting here, they're losing, they lost a game that they could have won, where the second round pick where the, excuse me, the third pick in the draft from three years ago is a DNP coach's decision. And now the number one pick last year is hurt or not hurt, changed his shooting game or didn't, you know, unnecessary question marks. And that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right. They just they need to work it out. Yeah. They need to work it out. All right. It's time because it's almost time for us to get on out of here. Yeah, and we don't want to run into uh, early morning eighties on yeah. uh, PhillyGoFlow.com. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't yeah. want. We don't want to kill that because we've been kind of yeah we, knocking that out. Yeah, yeah, we've slot. been all over that. Yeah. We, people tuning in for their Jerry Curl music in there, <laughs> but it's all right. It's all good. You're rocking with the best. All right, as we wrap up today's show, we wrap it up the way we wrap it up every week. Because when you're riding high on an Eagles win and you're feeling good, there's always somebody. Who brings you down? Always. Always somebody who brings you down. There's always and that one person. There's that one person. Sometimes more, sometimes more than one, but it usually it's, just, it's one guy, at least one guy, who brings you down. And when that happens, you need to stop what you're doing. You need to look that person in the eye, and you need to tell them, sit your ass down. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Sit Your Ass Down Award for this week. We have three nominees. We have three nominees. The first nominee is, do you remember who the first nominee was? Brian Mitchell. No, yeah, well, well, yeah. Yeah. Brian Mitchell, Mitchell. B. Mitch. Now, look, understand something. I I don't want to put B. Mitch on this this list. I like B. Mitch. I think we all do. 
Beatmitch is a kick cool return extraordinaire. Yeah. Beatmitch is a cool dude. Now, granted, this conversation would be so much different had he not played for the Eagles. Had he played his whole career for the Redskins, or when he left the Redskins, went to another team or whatever, mm-hmm. and never played for the Eagles, you know, it'd be easy to tell him to sit your ass down. But no, he put in some good years for the Eagles. And I like B. Mitch. Ran into him. We've crossed paths a couple of times. B. Mitch is a cool dude. Very cool dude. So it pains me to hear him talk the way he talked. He's talking a little greasy. Talk, yeah, he's talking real greasy. Talking real reckless. You know, it's the build up. You know, they're trying to build up this Monday night game. Talking out the side of his neck a little yeah. bit. Out the side, you know, side of his neck, side of his head, you know, side of his ass. I don't know. Looking like, whatever. Mr. Looking like Mr. Clean. Yeah. So he's out here talking, you know, and he, he's, he's got, you know, understand something. He, he works for NBC Sports Washington. They're trying to drum up, you know, get some viewers so they can watch their little pregame show. That's You know, I understand that's how the business works. It's cool. So he has, you know, him being somebody who spent time in Washington, spent time in Philly. You know, they're asking him to compare the fan bases. Now, I understand he spent the majority of his time in Washington. I also understand that he spent the majority, you know, he he spent more time in Washington than Philly. And they, you know, he he works in Washington. Mm -hmm. So there's no way he's going to come up there and say, yeah, man, Philly's a better fan base than y'all. I understand that. But in in, in his efforts to paint Washington, the Washington fan base as a better in a better light. You know, he's bringing up old stuff, man. Mm-hmm. He's bringing up old cliches. He's bringing up low-hanging fruit. He's bringing up throwing batteries at players. That was like two buildings ago, dog. He's talking about throwing s- snowballs at Santa Claus. That happened before I was born. I'm 41 years old. That happened before I was born, dude. In fact, I'm almost certain, I don't know how old B. Mitch is, but I think that happened before he was born. Probably. That's ancient history, dog. Really, really, really. Why are you bringing that up? Why are you talking about that? Uh, That's that's, that's real. He's talking real greasy. You know what? I I, I have no respect. I very little, you know, I'm not going to say no respect because I do respect B. Mitch. B. Mitch is a good dude. (laughs) But. That whole throwing, you know, batteries and throwing snowballs, that's a surefire way to get you tuned out. Yes. When people want to talk fan bases. Mm-hmm. Because there's crazies in every city. Yeah, there is. There are certain people, and there are certain fans and certain fan bases who I just feel like should never talk about Philly. But exactly, because the you Eagles know? fan base is not the worst compared yeah. to seeing people yeah. getting stabbed and yeah. putting people in comas. Case in point, Chicago. Nobody, from you know, and I tell this to anybody who's listening, no, never let anybody who is a fan of Chicago sports ever say anything about Philadelphia. If you don't believe me, watch that ESPN 30 on 30 for what they did to uh, Bartman. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And that's still the same city. Remember, they had the two drunk dudes, the father and the son, who went out on the field and beat up the the, the, the first base coach from, like, the Royals or something? <laughs> father and son fighting uh, coaches in a baseball game. 
So for you know, B Mitch to come out there and come at the six, uh, come at the Eagles fan base like that with the low hanging fruit, cause like, come on, dude, they pay you to say that. Who got in your ear told you to say that? Somebody right, a producer down there told you to do that. Somebody, somebody, somebody told you. You uh, didn't come up with that yeah, yourself. Yeah, some, somebody told you. Didn't come up with that yourself. Come on, man. You've been in this city long enough to know that's that's some garbage. I can't, you know, it'd be one thing if it's some, you know, it's some Hammonegger down there in uh, D.C. who's never really been to Philly, never been around Philly, doesn't know nothing about the Philly fan base, but just wants to talk greasy. B. Mitch has been here. Been there. Been here. Fans loved him. Fans loved him. He got love in this city. He still gets love in this city. Fans didn't hate him. Fans didn't hate him. Exactly. There are plenty. There are fans who love B. Mitch more than they love McNabb. Yeah. And that brings us to the next nominee. Dun, dun, dun. McNabb haters. They're always lurking. As as a group, McNabb haters. Got a text from a friend who was mad at, at five this week. Mad at five because he believes that, that Donovan McNabb was saying that Je- uh, Jared Goff is better than Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. And he felt like this just proves how jealous Donovan McNabb is of Carson Wentz. And I had to sit him down. I'm like, dude, this whole Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Donovan McNabb thing is the most blatant example of phony outrage <laughs> that I've seen in a long time. Donovan McNabb did not say that Jared Goff was better than what Carson Wentz. No. The point of what he was saying and what Donovan McNabb was being, was, he wasn't even talking about Carson Wentz. He was talking about Jared Goff. And he's talking about how Jared Goff has been playing, is playing at a much better rate than he was last year under Jeff Fisher. Because Jeff Fisher was a defensive-minded coach. And now they have an offensive-minded coach. And Jared Goff is playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. See? Clickbait. 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 3,000 shares on something like this. Yes. That's ridiculous. That what 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 are, what are you looking at right now? What, what 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 website is that? The Eagles Wire. Eagles Wire. That's ridiculous. Do they even have the quote? Look look on the article and see if they even have the quote. Uh, it says McNabb, Donovan McNabb may have triggered every Eagles fan with his comments on ESPN's Mike and Mike Morning Show. The former Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles quarter the former Philadelphia quarterback referenced Jared Goff in the middle of his rant about how the Browns are facing turmoil at the quarterback position. You look at all these young quarterbacks like Jared Goff, for instance, McNabb said during the show on Monday. I said it last year. The worst thing for him is to have a defensive minded head coach and their offensive guys there that can help him develop at the quarterback position. He said there are no, are no in the um, quotations. Where McNabb went next is what is going to draw, really draw the ire of Eagles fans. We were saying he might have been the worst quarterback that was drafted first, drafted first pick overall. McNabb said, "Now to be honest, you now to be honest with you, he might be the best quarterback in NFC." The writer then goes on to say, "It is surprising that McNabb didn't reference the Eagles quarterback cards." What writer is that? Mike Murphy. Mike Murphy. Now you're uh, look. I'm 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 putting you in as the collective. And at the end, yeah. he said, "Jared Goff." The writer said, "Goff is a good quarterback, but it's safe to say Wentz is the best quarterback in NFC right now." 
Sit your ass down. That's what I mean. Like, That's what I mean. When people write for websites, you got to put your bias aside and just look at it, you know. Look at it as a whole. Look at what he was saying. The exactly. Point, the point of what Donovan McNabb was saying. And this is something that we have talked about on Yeah, we've talked show. about this. We have talked about where people in this city want so badly to hate Donovan McNabb that they will just invent reasons to hate him. This wasn't even about Carson Wentz. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff is playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. And that's not to say that's not a slight on Carson Wentz. No, because Wentz. he didn't say Goff is playing great and Wentz is playing bad. No. He's just giving respect to the He's, kid because people haven't really been giving Goff any exactly, respect this year. Exactly. Carson Wentz has been playing at a high level of football since he came into the league. Exactly. People, exactly. But people were ready to write Jared Goff off as a bust. Yes. And there's a reason why. The reason why was because he had a defensive-minded coach in his rookie year, and he now has an offensive-minded coach. And now that he has a coach who is committed to building around his strengths, He's playing at a higher level. That's it. That is it. End of story. End of discussion. This to to sit here and make click for, bait. for people to click sit here now. To, to, for people to take Donovan McNabb. You're really Donovan. fired up right yeah, now. Yeah, I am. Your hands, of, your hands are shaking. See, you see, I put, <laughs> when people for, for people to want to make this about Donovan McNabb. Being jealous of Carson Wentz. It's like you're, it's so far that you're reaching. That is such a reach. That is such a reach. And it's like you're using this as your example. Yeah, don't throw your shoulder out. Reaching. It is such a reach. And I'm sitting there and, 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 and I'm, I'm not going to shout you out. All right. For, for the person who, who hit me up this week. Who brought this to my attention? I'm not gonna shout you out. I have shouted your name out on this show before. I'm not gonna shout you out this time. You hit me up about this again. I will shout you out next week. All right. I'll say your name next week. This week I'm not gonna say your name. But nonetheless, I'm sitting here and I'm telling him this is much ado about nothing. This has nothing. Look, and and the problem the problem is that Donovan McNabb finds new and innovative ways to be a d bag. I understand that. I can't, I'm not going to sit here and come up on this show and defend Donovan McNabb's character because he can be a jerk. He can say stupid things. He can put his foot in his mouth. However, people will sit here and look for any reason to hate on him. To hate on him. And he was, McNabb was just in Eagles locker room a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, and shaking his, hands. And told his son. Had, had his, his get, son go yeah, there and talk come to Come on. Him. And it's like, look, you know what? Donovan McNabb might be a shady dude, but he's not that shady. That shady to really be on in front of all those cameras, in front of everybody, shake this man's hand, have your son sign, his, get an autograph or whatever, whatever, and now sit there and t- throw shade at him a couple weeks later? No. No. Come on, y'all. Bottom line is still, as great as Carson Wentz has been playing this year, he has been playing good this year. Mm-hmm. He still does not have tw- – he still does not have – 32 games under his belt. Right. Yes, Carson Wentz is a very good quarterback. He could be great. You know what? You got to be able to 
be not let's, biased yeah. and actually just let's, share the come on, share, understand share something. The, Donovan McNabb is still the greatest quarterback in Eagles history. Right. That's not going to change today. That's not going to change tomorrow. That's not going to change at the end of the season unless Carson Wentz brings the Super Bowl home. Right. If he does that, then yeah. If if, if if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, you know what? Then we can we can have conversations about is Carson Wentz the greatest quarterback in this in this team's history. Right. But until then, unless until his numbers surpass until his numbers surpass Donovan's numbers, and that's not going to happen anytime soon because Donovan was here for what fourteen years. Yeah. And well, was it fourteen? We're close to 14 years, uh, 12 years. 10, 12. More, bottom line is Donovan McNabb was here a long time. Yes. Carson Wentz has not been here a long time. Nope. So it's unfair to sit here and put one up against the other because one's, one's body of work is finished. The other's is just starting. So as of right now, greatest quarterback in Eagles history, Donovan J. McNabb. I have a theory behind that, but I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. Oh, so. Dude, I, I, the show is almost over. You, we'll save, you, we'll you, save, you, we'll you, save, we'll you, save that for the. We'll, you we'll gonna save play it. that card now? I'm not gonna play that. All, card. all right, I think I know where you go. Yeah, with but that. you know, and I think I know where you go with that, and that that's that's for another day. But nonetheless, Donovan McNabb haters, Donovan McNabb haters who still want to call themselves Eagles fans, sit your ass down. Mm-hmm. All right, they're on the list. Was there anybody else? One more. Who? The athletic, the athletic. Now, this is something that that speaks to you because you, as a journalist by by trait, you are a journalist. I appreciate that. I know. I appreciate you, man. I, I, I call it like I, 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 I don't see take it. myself serious half the time. I, but. I, I do. God, hey, man, you are a writer. You are a sports writer. You work for a newspaper. You are the editor in chief of an online uh, of an online uh, blog slash website slash Everything sports thing. <laughs> uh, the uh, founder of the editor uh, talking kind of greasy this week. Yeah. So so what happened? He lit up social media this week. There's a story done by the New York Times says why the athletic wants to pillage newspapers. And the story runs, the story opens up saying by the time you finish reading this article, the upstart sports news outlet called The Athletic probably will have hired another well-known sports writer from your local newspaper. In a couple of years, once The Athletic has completed its breakneck ex- expansion, perhaps that newspaper's sports section will no longer exist. Alex Mather, Mather, the co-founder of The Athletic, who is all, who is actually from Philadelphia, by the way. Really? Yes. Can you get him on the show? Possible, I don't know, but we probably can just reach out to him on Twitter. He doesn't right. have that many Twitter followers, so oh, he probably okay. would actually, actually tweet. see us. In, yes, in correct. All right. He said, "We will wait every we will wait every local paper out and let them continuously bleed until we are the last one standing." Wow. He said, "We will suck them dry their best talent at every moment. We will make business extremely difficult for them." Really, dude? Yeah. Really? Look. And that ruffled a lot oh, of yeah. people's oh, feathers. Oh, yeah, it did. Because yeah, the athletics have not been around that long. Not been around that long. And, it's and, and I got some gripes with the Philadelphia one, best belief. I have gripes, but they're hiring practices. And, okay. All yeah. right. Well, is that for this show or is it? No, that's okay. a whole. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, once I want to play that, 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 it's that card again. All right, I understand. I understand. But but here's here's 
and, and I'll and I'll because I I still want your your thoughts on this. You know, there are a lot of I feel like it's it's throwing salt on a very on on on, on an open wound. Yep. Because you see the state of newspapers nowadays. Yes. Yes. And you see what writers are going through, where you know you're seeing very good writers be let go, and a lot, you know, and, and quite a few of them have been picked up and been able to find work at websites and mm-hmm. uh, and other online services. Right. But it's still, you know, it, it, it's still. I'm not maybe calling it a dying breed now. Maybe that, maybe not yet. But still, it's, it's not what there. it once was. Right. It's not what it once was. No. So when, and you know what? I guess I have no, I have no real problem with that philosophy. No, I don't either. To be honest with you, because you know it is what it is. It's the truth. Yeah. It that that is what's happening. But now you've made it public. Now, the yeah. fact that the fact that you said it now really it that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And it rubs a, and it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because a lot of people. Best believe a lot of people are rooting for the athletic to be successful because they're like they're taking a different approach. The way they're building it, the way how they're going about funding, you know, the way that they're even doing their paywall, the the, the type of content they're bringing to the table. It's like they're doing something different, and yeah, they might be taking your best, your snatch up, your best sports writers, even though they really didn't snatch any of ours up. So I don't know what that says about our sports journalism here in the city. You could take that for whatever you want, but all right. They took they took a lot of bloggers, but that's that's an indictment on our journalism in, in this city. But it's just this whole thing, like you said, if you 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 can say that in house, like yeah, newspapers dying, we're the next greatest thing. But it's like, don't go publicly yeah, yeah, ether put, somebody yeah, and just you put it out there publicly, right, and say yeah. this is what it is. You guys are dying. We're going to destroy you. Come back again, destroy you again, and then while you're still sitting there, we're just gonna sit there and we're, we're just destroy, gonna watch you. We're going. We're, not only are we going to destroy you, we're going to destroy you with your pieces. Exactly. And then exactly. watch you die mm-hmm. while we prosper. T- yeah, while we prosper. And I, and and it's like, look, we're all intelligent. We're not stupid. Mm-hmm. We know that's what's happening. You don't have to tell us that's exactly, what's happening. Exactly. It's just and, and and for me, I feel like they're like sports writers. That's a proud group. That's a group with a lot of pride. Yeah. People who there are a lot of good people who took a tremendous amount of pride in mm-hmm. their work. Yep. People who have been doing it for a very long time, who see a shift in the business and see a shift within the industry mm-hmm. and are all trying to work to be able to remain relevant. Exactly. And it's like, I mean, look, you know, these are people with kids to feed, mortgages folks to folks are getting pay, laid off build, every day. Yeah, yeah. Philly.com just had 35 layoffs. Yeah. People are losing jobs. And they're doing what they can to to still do something close to what they do mm-hmm. and put food on the table. So when you're sitting here and you're providing a medium for people to continue to do the work that they love mm-hmm. and do the work that they want to do and pay a mortgage and a car note right. and feed some kids, right. put some kids through college, do right. whatever you got to do, yeah. you know, that's cool. But to sit there and do it while you publicly celebrate the death of an industry that's that that's 
got they, to, you got to tell them something. They, they, gotta, they, they, they yeah. even came at the ble- at Bleacher Report and SB Nation saying that they're empty calories. It's whatever, dude. <laughs> it is like they're using the same model as Bleach Report. Yeah, Bleach Report and SB Nation, they have contributors who are technically, you know, freelancers. And their con- contributors on SB Nation really don't get paid. It's usually the site managers that get paid. So they're – Affleck are doing the same model. They have, they're have hiring a bunch of freelancers, but they're paying them. So, again, you can't call us – you can't throw rocks at the glass house. You got to look at yourself. You can call a spade a spade, but you're still a spade, too. Now, you sat there and talked about me and my hand motions and getting emotional. We're sitting here right now, and I, I want you to understand something. Hold, hold, hold on a second. I, I had to grab the mic. I, I Uh-oh, mic check, something. one, two, and two. I, I need you to hear something. See, where we're working right now, that's a glass table. We're sitting on a glass table right now. And our good friend, Javon, as he's sitting there talking, he's pounding on the table to drive his point home. <laughs> He's pa- look. I can't afford to replace this table. All right, that's all right. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it, man. It's still. It's still very intact. This is very strong glass. It's strong glass. A strong glass at a strong point. So there you have it. the athletic Donovan McNabb haters and Brian Mitchell. Those are your nominees. The winner of the City Ass Down Award, although a very strong field, the winner goes to B. Mitch. Yes. I'm sorry, B. Mitch. But you, you come on, dog. You you can't come out here and talk greasy about a fan base mm-hmm. that loved you, that cherished you, that that accepted you when you came here from a division rival. You came here from a division rival, and we lifted you up and celebrated you. And yet you're going to bring up stuff that happened, you know, to, uh, prob- most more likely happened before you were even born. And and, and understand some. B Mitch ain't no spring chicken. Nope. I say this now as a 41-year-old man who's probably still five, six years younger than uh, B. Mitch. Probably. So for him, you know, to, to say that, nah, dude, you 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 get what you deserve. You get me looking at you and telling you, sit your ass down. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the Best in the World Sports Report. Hope you liked today's show. If you did or if you did not, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports. Once again, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports. My name is John Brown from Total Sports Live. This is Jovan Alford. Jovan, what is on Total Sports Live this week? Uh, what is on there this week? Uh, we had something uh, from the Pistons game about the Pistons game because that's only been the Sixers only win. That's only been the Sixers win first win this season. Yep. That's the only thing they had. Yep. Um, we had some stuff about the Eagles, obviously to recap the mm-hmm. Peters injury. Uh, Caitlin's been doing a fantastic Caitlin job with the. She's been doing a fantastic job she, with she, the she, with the oh Flyer stuff, and I I really mean that. If I had to be honest with you, if I had more people. Like Caitlin, things would be through the roof. Like that's dead serious. All right, is that shaded? Your other people call it shaded. Call, oh, call, call, see. call, call it shader. Call step your game up. Oh boy! Oh, I hit. my gosh! <laughs> my oh goodness! <laughs> Drop the kuba. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Let's get out of here while you still have a uh, a crew left. Because look, I told you I don't write, but you know if I got to. Because you've lost everyone else except for Caitlin. Well, Caitlin and Matt. Matt also does a great job well, covering Eagles and yeah. covering Temple football. Yeah. 
He does agree. Those All right. Two. Well, look, I'm not writing for you because I just don't feel like doing it. It's okay. I probably should, but I, I don't. I, I I ain't got time for all that. I, I, I'd much rather just say what I'm instead of writing it down. I'd much rather just say it. Just, let me just put a microphone in front of me and let me just speak it. Hey, it works. It's all good. It works. But hey, check it out. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Once again, we're on uh, SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports. We're on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Just search The Best in the World Sports Report. And remember, you can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W Sports. We're on Philly GoFlow every Saturday. Yes, we are. 8 a.m. every Sunday, 5 a.m. Shout out to Patrick Manley. There, you got your shout out. I hope you're happy. <laughs> Y'all. Thank you for listening. Good luck to the Eagles this weekend. Let's beat the 49ers. Let's Hopefully the Sixers get a couple get more couple wins. A couple more wins. Flyers get a couple more wins. And then we'll be happy. We'll be very happy. All right? We're out. Uh, Penn State. Penn State, Ohio State. Yep. Big game. Big game. They get past this one. Yeah. They're yeah. probably in. We are. Why are you looking at me like that? Anyway, you didn't go to Penn State. I, I didn't go to. I know I didn't go to Penn State. I can still be a fan. Whatever, man. We're out of here. Best in the world sports report. Peace, y'all. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com.